uh, epithelial, connective, muscle, nerve tissue, specialized tissue, and so you saw. Follow the graph, I explain the way the cells grow and shed off on the skin with heavy epithelium. And we spoke about, yes, the shedding uh, nature. Uh, and then we spoke about the different epitheliums, similar but different inside the body, lining the organs and the tissues, and the, for example, that's the trachea, that's the respiratory system, and this is the GIT, the gastrointestinal tract, and constant shedding and turnover and rapid healing. Okay? And we spoke about growth, growth being a a facility, a procedure that occurs in size, increase in size, and increase in number. And we spoke about the difference between that increasing size will be hypertrophy, increasing number of cells will be hyperplasia. Gonna get used to these terms. And we spoke about differentiation. If we didn't differentiate, we would stay primitive, like one amoebic cell, one little. You know, they, when you read about evolution, they say we we all developed from a single cell. You know, maybe 60 million years ago. <laughs> okay, and we call it like an amoeba cell. And if we didn't differentiate, we would stay primitive. And that's why we've got cells that can do so many things. Cells that think, cells that see, cells that you can hear, cells that you can taste, that produce hormones. That's differentiation. Morphogenesis, we spoke about, and how shape resolves. Okay, you become the kind of person that you are because of morphogenesis. Morpho, morph means shape. Genesis means Creation, creation of shape. And we spoke on that, we spoke about, well, briefly about cell cycles, which we'll come back to, uh, or whoever is doing radiation injury will talk to you in detail about cell cycles with radiation injury. And we spoke about those cells that turn over rapidly and those that are slowly turn over. Okay? And we said that the principle is when there's a rapid turnover, those particular rapid turnover cells are more susceptible to injury by both drugs and radiation. Those are important. That's important. And of course, the poor regenerated cells. Then, because we spoke about morphogenesis, you need to understand this concept of apoptosis. And I've showed you some examples. Uh, and I showed you the web feet example. Okay? And I showed you, I said, the resolution of the shape of your face or your nose. All, uh, you know, all because of apoptosis, genet genetically programmed cell shrinkage and death to allow others to grow so that we, we, we form a particular shape. It applies to anything, the brain shape or the heart shape as well, it's besides your identity. I use identity because we can, rec we can, we can, uh, you know, uh, uh, recognize these things, okay? Because, um, okay, uh, right, and then, of course, we spoke about control of growth, we 
with the different factors that control growth, and with each one, hypertrophy, increase in size, hyperplasia, increase in number, and we spoke about atrophy, decreasing in size, uh, and then, of course, there's pathological, how come things decrease in size? Pathological atrophy, and I said something about decreased function, like use it or lose it, you don't stimulate something, it doesn't develop. And all the other causes, hypoplasia, which is opposite to hyperplasia, but usually refers to the failure of development. And then we said the very important thing, the concept of metaplasia, changing its form, okay? And then dysplasia, which moves from metaplasia to dysplasia, not only changing its form, becoming abnormal, but you know, in a limited way. But this is dangerous. And then, because it becomes when this becomes neoplasia, then these abnormal cells get really out of control and become neoplastic or neoplasia of what we call cancer. Everyone understands that concept? Briefly, right? Good. And then today we're looking at causes of cellular injury and responses to injury. What actually injures the cell? triangular cells, the ones, the ones that are uh, ciliated like, you know, it's got hairs lining the respiratory tract. Everything's for a purpose. You remember when we spoke at the first lecture, everything we have in the body is for a purpose. We probably said that maybe the appendix, to some extent, has got little purpose, but actually we found it's got a purpose, but it's got, it's, 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 it's an extra we can do without. The hairs in the cells that line the, the respiratory tissue have all got hairs. The reason for that is that the hair was much longer than that actually. Okay. The hairs trap mucus that are produced from the cell, trap mucus, so there's mucus flowing here, and the hairs move backwards and forwards, push, push forwards, mucus is produced all the time and flows into the tubes of the air spaces and the hair wafts the mucus constantly, the hairs move. The hairs don't stay static, they move so that it pushes out the mucus. And then when you cough, you bring up all the phlegm when you've got the cold or a cough or a chest infection. And the other reason for the hairs is that they trap the dust. Do you know how much of dust is in the air? As you notice, when you're breathing in dusty air, or in a place like what's happening in China, in some place in China, in Delhi in India or Mumbai, there's so much of pollution, and you can actually see it. What's, what's happening? 
Does it all go into the lungs? Yes, it does. But these hairs tend to trap, trap the, some of the uh, material, the, the rough material. That's why when you, when you, when you've been in a very dusty atmosphere and then you cough, you can't actually bring out flame that is streaked with brown and black sometimes because that's dust trapped by the mucus. All right, so, we're looking at cellular injury. We can look at one cell and we can put, let's just take one cell, we can put the nucleus here. Well, why am I doing it? Let's put the nucleus as around, okay? This is the nucleus. The nucleus contains the DNA inside it, all in coiled form, and the DNA is responsible for having the genetic code. And what can cause We'll come back to the cell because the cell is interesting. It's got lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff on the cell, in the cell. Let's just use uh, a diagram to show that there is a blood vessel right here supplying. There is a capillary blood vessel right here supplying blood to these cells. Okay. And of course, little red blood cells are in there, and they tend to go in there as well, um, and supply these cells and bathe the cells with blood. And in between is in between here is extracellular fluid. That's very very important. But let's look at that again. So, what's the causes of injuries to cells? One can be trauma, and that's one thing I particularly uh, uh, familiar with, injury to self. Um, it can be physical injury, it's really easy for us to understand physical injury, a rupture of the cell, breaking of the blood vessels, bleeding into the tissues, the cells, when the cells break, we call them a rupture or lies. Okay? We say when a cell breaks up, we say either rupture or we use the word lies. The cell lies. That's a common And when it does break, it, it loses its membrane integrity. That's what actually happens there. Physically, it disrupts the cell. Now that membrane of each cell is critically important. It protects the integrity of the cell, what's actually happening in there? Tremendous amount of activity, energy production, absorption, neutralization, because it's, 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 it's right up against the, let's look at, let's think about these cells now, lining your earth passages, okay? So right there, so it's meeting all the noxious agents, the injurious agents, the, the foreign material, the dirt, dirt, dirt that comes through, or the, oh, in fact, for that matter, if you breathed in a droplet of, of infected material coming into the lumen there, and it lodges there, then you've got virus in there, and that virus now is trying to, to enter the cell. And all the virus needs to do is a couple of viruses, maybe one or two or three, to enter a particular cell, and the virus 
tends to multiply for itself because it's a lovely environment for the cell. It's a beautiful little oven for the cell. The virus replicates, and once those three viruses, three little viruses, get into the cell, what happens? The cell then rises because the virus goes, it ruptures the cell, and instead of three, about 300 viruses, and 300 viruses are then released to infect the other cells, and each of them, the virus gets into a particular cell, multiplies, and then from 300, you've got 30,000 viruses over a period of a couple of days. So you can imagine how viral infections, I'm using viral infections as an example, can, can involve uh, this. But we're speaking about, yeah, well, jump to infectious organisms whilst I was still at physical injury. I'll give you one example of physical injury. If you've taken a little bit of uh, a piece of steak, and you've, oh, let's take a piece of lamb, it's nice and red, okay, and your dad puts it, he's bought it, and, he, and your mom puts it into the freezer, Okay, it freezes, and when it thaws out, it's not the same. It's when it's fully thawed out after being in the freezer for a week, when you've taken it out, it's it's softened, and we call that. Well, I wouldn't give you the term for that. It's called autolites. That means it's also rupturing lines. Autolites. It's rupturing on its own each cell and the tissue is suffering. And the reason for it is that when the cell freezes, okay, the fluid medium in the cytoplasm forms ice crystals. Ice crystals. And when you get ice crystals, they can be pretty sharp. Right? They form ice crystals. Okay? You can see, you know, when you get a you get a crushing smoothie, what do you call it? A smoothie is with ice in it? Mm. What do you call it? Slush. 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 Yes. Full of ice. You can imagine those ice crystals. And as cell thaws, what happens? Those ice crystals puncture the membrane. And then you've got loss of membrane. Uh, uh, membrane in integrity, and that's cold. So that's freeze, freezing injury, or what we call freezing artifact. Okay? Still also loss of membrane in integrity. Drugs and poisons, what drugs and poisons do is they cause injury to cells because they get into the cell, they get into the cell, and what they do, they there and here, the drugs and poisons are in the cell, they interfere with the metabolic activities going on in different portions on the ribosomes or the reticulum, we call it, endoplasmic reticulum or ribosome. So the drugs and poisons block the metabolic pathways. That's how it causes damage. But that's also how it causes a therapeutic effect. Because if you take ibuprofen, brufen, right? Okay. 
mistake, Bernardo. Bernardo, as a painkiller, because he knows, we know that Bernardo goes and works on a particular kind of metabolic pathway. We administered Bernardo to block the metabolic pathway, and you'll find in the neurons, by the way, in the neurons, that's the nerve cells, and you don't feel the pain, or you feel much less pain. So we use that effect of blocking the metabolic pathway to good result, to get the therapeutic effect we want to have. And that applies to also cytotoxic drugs, cytotoxic drugs for cancer. You will be, as a radiographer, as a health science student and a practitioner later on, be dealing with patients with lots and lots of illnesses, diseases, infections, etc., one of which will be cancer. You need to know, okay, when doctors prescribe their medication, then it's using that to good effect, to purposeful effect. But of course, you get a lot of drugs that cause a whole lot of problems. Okay. Give me one example. Many years ago, I always bring an example so you will understand the harmful effects of drugs. This is ago, a young woman of about 23 was found dead outside a nightclub in Durban. And when we, and that's my area of specialty, when we examined the body and did the autopsy, post-mortem examination, we found that she died of an ecstasy overdose. You heard of ecstasy? Methamphetamine. Overdose. So what ecstasy does, goes and affects a particular area, a metabolic pathway in the cell, okay, in some cases, not all cases, lots of people take ecstasy, and what that metabolic pathway does with ecstasy, by the use of ecstasy, is it arrests the temperature control mechanism in the cell. And it works at the hypothalamus. Right in the bottom part of the central portion of the brain, there is that portion of the brain called the hypothalamus. And it is actually the thermostat body. It sets the temperature. So this particular drug, ecstasy, affects that hypothalamus, dis makes the regulator dysfunctional, and of course you can't control the body temperature and because of the, the ecstasy activity makes them want to dance and continue dancing for hours. Somebody, some people are smiling here, they seem to be called Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Absolutely dangerous. Her body temperature picked up being above 39, 40 degrees. And when that does, it interferes with the essential enzymes of all the cells of the body. And she died. She bled from the nostrils, mouth, every orifice that she had, she bled to death. Simply because of the harmful effect of drugs. So you can see, when studying drugs, you have to know what they do. We use it to good effect, therapeutically, but it's harmful. Infectious organisms I mentioned, and I spoke about the virus coming into it. Ionizing radiation. So, sorry. 
If trauma and physical injury, thermal injury cause, cause injury to a cell by loss of membrane integrity, breaking up the protective covering, drugs and poisons block the metabolic pathways, infectious organisms, what happens is as the body starts to attack the virus or bacteria, that action of attack is a warfare. It's a local, local civil war in that area. Okay, there's lots of casualties. So the antibodies which are, which are there to attack the germs also damage the cell. And this cell can lie. So particularly with antigens and antibodies. Antigen is a virus or a bacterium or the foreign material. Antibody is what we produce as the weapons of soldiers. So that activity causes damage. Ionizing radiation causes damage because of damage to DNA. This will be done in some detail later on by some people. But I certainly can come back to that if, if necessary by the students. And then, of course, lack of blood. That is ischemia. Ionizing radiation, what happens? Yes, yes. That's fairly simple. Radiation, by its very penetrating capacity, penetrates the cell and, in fact, causes, can cause damage to DNA. It damages the DNA directly. Ionizing radiation and its damage not only kills the cells, but can also, can also cause mutations which cause the cell to be cancerous. You remember, when we talk about cancer later in the next lecture, the final lecture on the general pathology, then we go on to the specific areas of the heart and the lungs and the kidney. What we, what we might tell you about neoplasia, that's cancer formation because, occurs because of mutation in the DNA. But we'll come back to that. Now, the final, well, not the final, there are other causes of injury, but you know, these are the main ones we need to know, is ischemia. Ischemia means, it's a heme, it's always blood. Heme, H-A-E-M, okay? You can see this writing right from the tent. You can. You can see it clearly, because I won't be, but anyway, they have to, at their age, they, if you can't read this, then there's something wrong, right? When you see heme, you know it's blood. Ischemia means lack of blood. And ischemia, lack of blood, that means lack of oxygen, because it's the blood that brings the red blood cells that carry the oxygen. And this occurs, lack of blood, vascular obstruction, which we will do in much better detail. All things that affect blood vessels, obstructions, whatever, next lecture, but we basically it's an oxygen deficiency. Oxygen deficiency is a prime killer because it's the essential nutrient within every trillion cells of the body, all the trillion cells of the body. Oxygen is used to generate energy from food. And therefore, oxygen is critical to life, 
and lack of oxygen would cause death. So the death, the cell dies from what we call necrosis, not disruption here of the cells, not metabolic pathway obstruction, not cell invasion or DNA damage, but what we call necrosis, which we'll come to. Any questions here? Have an idea. Thank you. Sorry, please don't move. Sorry. Sorry. You come closer. Oh. Oh, for the question. Listen, listen, it makes it even more difficult for your colleague to speak. Okay. You read up somewhere, perhaps? viruses entering and then uh, growing the cell and, and multiplying the third, 300 and then 30,000. Your question was, what's the minimum number of viruses that you need to get into the cell to be overcome, to, 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 to flourish and to infect the body? The answer is that we don't know. Okay? But what we know is infection is dosing. So if you've got a heavy dose of it, if someone coughs right in your face and you breathe in all that droplets of coronavirus, you talk about coronavirus every time, then you have a higher chance of getting If it's just a few that, is, that, that get into the body, there is a higher chance of your antibodies overcoming them sufficiently in order to eradicate the infection. So it's always a little bit of a balance. How strong is your immunity? If your immunity is strong, you've got lots of antibodies because you were previously exposed or you were vaccinated, you've got enough antibodies, 
good chance that you're going to overcome that infection. You'll get the infection, but it won't manifest with an illness. Okay? You get the infection and it will last you. If you have rubella, oh, you've arrested rubella, and then a few years later you get the rubella infection, you might have a mild prodromal set of symptoms, a couple of symptoms, and feeling unwell by the next. Uh, next morning you're well, you've overcome it because your body is, has fought the infection and you've eradicated it. If you did not have rubella vaccine as a child, a German measles or measles, then you, the next day, and by the third day onwards, you are absolutely ill, ill with rash, fever, sniffles, runny nose, and you're vomiting because your fever is too high as a, as a young person. So, that means you haven't had, you haven't, you didn't have any resistance at all and it overcame you and you've got it. Okay? So, it just depends, dose dependent. So, the strength of your immunity is very important. Do you okay with that? Yes, sir. Uh, is it true that uh, patients were previously treated for, uh, for Infections like TB, I had a higher risk of being infected with TB. TB is a bit of a different kind because when I talk later about acute and chronic infections, I'll talk about TB. Why TB is different? Why chronic infections are different? Can I talk about that? Yeah, yeah. that? Or later on? Later on today. So I'll remember that. Yes. I don't know how to face my question, but um, it's around the They culture these viruses and extract the capsule because all you need is the 
capsule. You need the outer jacket of the virus. Okay? And all you need is once you get the outer jacket of the virus in this person, your body is going to produce the antibodies we need. That's it. You see, the virus has got a DNA or an RNA, depends on whether it's an RNA DNA virus, to be a live virus. And what we're giving you is dead portions of the virus. Now, you were all healthy and uh, alive like we are now, and you were all vaccinated. Most vaccinated, maybe 99.99995% of people do well. We're all, we're all well. It's only the 0.00005% of people that will get a problem. And that problem is because we're stimulating an antibody response from you. This is the jacket of the virus, we call it the capsule. It stimulates an antibody response. Sometimes those antibody responses can, can be detrimental in very, very occasional cases. Detrimental and provoke you to produce too much antibodies. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. I've achieved. I'm clutching the sophistication technology to say you, you, if, you, if you get an infection, or you get an infection, you get a, a bad reaction to the uh, vaccination, then your too much of antibodies will affect your entire body. So people look at those very, very low incidence complications and say, I don't want to vaccinate. Bottom, bottom line is every decision you make in life is a balance between what's the benefit versus the possibility of harm, isn't it? Every, I think, this yes, we're going to go to the decision about what that's your PPRM module that we'll be getting to. Yes, yes. making a decision whether I'm going to take this because it's beneficial to me, and how am I going to balance it with a little bit of a possibility of harm. Smallpox. Smallpox. 
was an epidemic worse than coronavirus. Smallpox was the biggest killer, and we eventually managed to eradicate it from the earth. Okay? But it's from the human sector. Okay, I use some taxes. And what else? And because rubella actually affects uh, a, a growing, um, you know, um, in fact, the growing uh, embryo. The growing embryo in the young stage. In the first stages of pregnancy and so on. They, every person, every female must have the rubella vaccine. That's why they just give it to females. Okay. So that, so when you are, when initially you fall pregnant and your gynecologist or obstetrician will do a test to check whether you were, you know, you, you were exposed to rubella or you did get the vaccination. Okay. Any question? No? Okay, so so we've looked at the causes of injury to cells. Just some of the causes, the main causes. Okay. We saw on cellular injury and we the responses of just what I'm teaching you is principles. You don't swap it, but you understand it. If you understand it, great. When a cell is injured, that's not the ones that are broken with the membranes rupture. But when the cell is injured, let's assume a drug comes in and damages the metabolic pathway to a particular uh, uh, metabolic uh, need. How capable is the cell to repair itself? Okay? Yes, the cell is capable of repair, no doubt. More often than capable of repair, what it does is capable of regenerating. So let's assume at the bottom here, uh, here there are some stem cells, let's look at stem cells or primitive cells. If these tissues are damaged, these cells are broken and ruptured, these can, these tissues, these stem cells or uh, uh, embryonic cells, so we say, can regenerate into a full epithelium. The capacity to repair in the body is amazing. But the cells, now as a, when I'm looking at it, oh sorry, I keep thinking of it as a pathologist, I look at these cells under the microscope, I can't see evidence of that. So if somebody has had a particular kind of drug uh, that affected the liver, I do see some changes in the liver cells, particularly the liver. The drugs affect the liver because the liver is responsible for collecting the drug that's absorbed into the body uh, while it's having its effect, whatever effect the drug has. If it's ecstasy, you are overexcited. Being smiling, eh? <laughs> Worried about you. The liver collects the drug and reduces it by metabolizing the drug. It changes it into a harmless form. That's why the liver shows so much of damage by drugs. I can see swelling. The swells actually swell up. I can see fatty change. That is, it collects some fatty droplets 
or some other droplets. I can see these changes under the microscope. I can see hypertrophy sometimes. I can see cells changing their form or becoming abnormal dysplasia. I can see sometimes pigment deposition, certain different things, concretions like little crystals of pigment formed in the cells. All as an effect of damage, but not yet death. If there is severe damage, the cell dies and we call it necrosis. Necrosis. Now remember, when cells die, it's necrosis. It becomes a little rotting little cell. Something's going to happen to it. The, there are macrophages. Remember Pac-Man? Yeah. Remember Pac-Man? The thing that eats up all the other cells? There are these soldier cells called macrophages. Oh, not soldiers. They are the dirt and solid waste. They come and remove all the... Well, dirt and solid waste is not as effective, but yeah. <laughs> they remove all the damaged cells. So, necrosis cell death must understand there is a different type of cell, not death, but cell degeneration that we call apoptosis, and I'll talk to you about that. Apoptosis, so if you think about that web space, I'll show you a picture just now. When you think apoptosis, think about that web space program cell death. So let's look at necrosis. Necrosis refers to broad cell and death of any cell, but sometimes we use terms like infarction. Have you heard of a myocardial infarction? Myocardial infarction. When you say a heart attack, a myocardial infarction. Because the blood vessel, the one particular vessel that's on the heart, is blocked, that's on the surface of the heart, supply in that area of the heart, it's blocked and that undergoes necrosis, the cell dies, necrosis, and we call it myocardial infarction. We can also have that in a stroke. I'm using some good examples. When a blood vessel to a particular part of the brain gets blocked or bleeds a little, usually gets blocked, it, a portion of the brain gets damaged, okay? It's called a brain infarct. And of course, when you damage a particular part of the brain, and if that brain is responsible for the use of my hand, so my hand, can't, I can't use this hand anymore because it's the effect of the brain infarct. Or, you have heard of gangrene, patients with diabetes, because diabetes has this particular predilection for blood vessels, the high sugar over many years damages the blood vessels and causes it to deposit and narrow the lumen in a particular vessel to this particular portion of the leg of a limb can become obstructed, the limb infarcts and the, the, my, the foot, for example, will turn black, we call it gangrene, the blackness is the cell death of a large area, the entire foot gets black and call it a limb infarct. You can, you can get a placental infarct. I'll show you a picture just now. A placental infarct because remember that the growth of the baby in the uterus, and I think it's a good one to, a good example. The growth of the baby in the uterus depends upon the adequacy of the blood supply. Okay? So the placenta attached to the baby when there is a baby, 
And there's the cord going to the placenta. Placenta attached on the inside of the lining of the uterus. That must be healthy. If a portion of the placenta, and of course, if the placenta is too small, the baby doesn't get enough nutrients and baby doesn't go fast enough, or if a portion of the placenta, that portion of the placenta dies, you've got a smaller area of the placenta that is responsible for the exchange of nutrition and taking away the waste product, the baby can fail to grow or fail to thrive. Okay, that's a placental infarct. You can also even have a bone infarct, which I'll show you in a picture. So, so infarction is a, a segment of, of course, that's millions of cells. Necrosis is, 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 a, is a broad word, but infarction refers to a particular uh, focused segment of, of tissue. I'll show you that infarct um, in, in some, some pictures. Let's look at this brain, and if you look at this brain, there is a section of blood vessel, and you can imagine either a blood clot, okay, blood clot, passes through, but then it's, it's lodged. You can see, it can't go any further. So into that area, into the brain, it's where, the, where there's a branching, either blood clot is lodged there, it can't go further, or there's a build-up, build-up of atheroma, cholesterol plaques, build up that narrows, uh, narrows the vessel and of course whatever is supplied by that vessel, those two vessels, will, let's assume there, it will have an infarction. Okay, so patient presents with inability to walk and of course uh, paralyzed on one side or maybe convulsions and, and seizures or whatever and then when you do a CT scan, is it a CT scan? CT scan was an MRI. I'm not a radiologist, right? Right. You'll see that area as the infarcted area. That means every every kind of function by that portion of the brain is now affected. And usually, the one side of the brain supplies the other side of the body, okay? And that we know, so that's an infarction. But then, that's under the, under the on, on x-ray, this is what I see, I'm a pathologist, I look at the brain itself, when persons die, and, and this is what I see. Can you see that? The brain, infarction is that area. The rest of it is healthy. It's infarcted, it's, it's a slice of the brain, and it's because it infarcts, it's damaged, it also bleeds inside, so it's red with blood, okay? See that? This is a picture of a person who's got early gangrene of the toes. Can you see the toes are slightly blue? Can you see? Slightly blue, okay? The toes, here. Yeah. So that's early gangrene. So you can see now it's an infarction of the lung, infarction of the brain, necrosis, necrosis. The tissues are necrosed, necrosed. Okay. There's um, another one of the infarction of the heart. Where's my? That's why I need my stick there. So you can see. Let's assume. Can you see the blood vessels of the cells of the heart? That particular one there. 
is damaged. Can you use this as well? That particular one there is damaged. So can you see that little infarct? That's a small infarct. That portion of the heart will fail to function. Okay? And if you take a slice across the heart, and that's a left ventricle, it's a right ventricle, you'll see maybe a large infarct. Can you see that? That area, it's also hemorrhagic, that is bleeding inside. It's, that's an infarcted, necrosed area, and there's a cross-section, a cross-section of the blood vessel that's, uh, that's, that's uh, obstructed. Here's a picture of a placenta. This, this is placenta. That's uh, the heart. Placenta, critically important as the surface for exchange of nutrition and everything else the baby needs to grow. Okay? That surface is very important. And that's a picture here of a placenta in the young stage. You can see how little embryo, small this embryo is. Okay? Uh, this is the the, the appearance at this stage is about like a tadpole. Someone said a tadpole eh? last time. Okay, and what happens is there's a placenta, uh, there's, a, there's, the, there's the outside of the placenta, so it's attaching there, but then when it shears off, you can see the sh placenta shearing off. That's how it's usually attached on the inside of the uterus, but then when it separates, it will bleed and it separates after the babies come off, by the way after the babies come up. In the second stage of labor, or third stage of labor, is the placenta will come off, and then you're looking at that sheared raw surface of the placenta. And you can see that placenta is nice and healthy. But sometimes you get placenta with this area like this. You see, I've cut the placenta like that, I made a section, and I'm looking at it at the edge, and can you see what we call an infarct? Now this is a small infarct. Would you say maybe it affects 15% of the surface area here? Okay, it's 15% of this. But sometimes, now 15% is quite a lot of placenta. Because now the baby's only got 85% of placenta uh, to, 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 be, to be validly used, usefully used. Sometimes that can be large. And if that's about 50%, then that baby is going to be definitely affected and maybe die as a result of intrauterine growth retardation. Okay? okay? Or if it not, not die, can be mentally disturbed, have some deformities, etc. So you all understand now a little bit about infunction. So we're talking about the necrosis, but as it said, that we'll differentiate from apoptosis. This is a healthy cell. You can see how it's smiling. Okay, healthy cell. Necrosis means it's disruption, torn apart, and it's damaged. This is necrosis. Apoptosis is a type of death, but we don't call it necrosis. It's genetically programmed. It also breaks the cell apart. And as I mentioned, what, what gets rid of the debris is the Pac-Man macrophages that gobble up all the debris and they clean the place and make the place neat. So that's the difference between apoptosis and necrosis. Just to give you a few examples of the um, 
placental um, impact and so on. Like, you know, where the baby still lives, it's like a fetal alcohol uh, Fetal alcohol syndrome or maternal smoking. Yeah, smoking. Diabetes, major problem. Fetal alcohol syndrome, maternal smoking can all cause placental damage. Because it's restricting oxygen and nutrients in, you know, uh, in, in terms of getting to the, to the baby through the placenta. It's only that placental surface like that through which nutrients can go, go and come and waste products can be taken out. Okay. Oh. go on. Uh, we now go to healing and repair. Healing and repair. All of us, I mentioned earlier, the healing, just tell me when you want to take the break. Okay, you let us know when you want to take a break. It's okay. 15, 10 minutes. Okay. Now, now, now would be, would, would you break now? Do you want to break now or break later? No. Okay, let's just let's take, have, let's just let's take have a break. 15 minutes break. Okay, that's it. It's, it's now half past 11 exactly. 10 minutes? Stop it.